Librarians, librarians, when you've got questions, they're the ones to help you find what you're looking for, and maybe even something more. Just ask, ask the librarians. Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm Robin. And welcome back to another episode of Your Friendly Neighborhood Librarians. And I'm very excited for this one, because if you know me... You know, I get really into the Oscars. I've always enjoyed talking to you about yeah. movies. You know, this podcast is only a year old, but I think the way we sound and interact on here dates back to like when we first started working together, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Because there's a movie specifically, right? Pit Pony. Do you, re- you remember this? Oh my gosh. Which I think everyone knows is the made-for-TV Canadian film about children working in a coal mine, right? Everyone knows to that be movie. Clear, I've never seen <laughs> Pit Pony. <laughs> yeah, we ridiculed that movie, and though we hadn't seen it, I think we just mostly ridiculed the cover, which had like a pony on it. It was one of those like classic 90s. Yeah, and the kid is yeah. blinking on the cover. Yeah. It's sadly no longer in our collection. Oh no, it's been weeded. Yeah, it's been weeded, but there is one copy left. It's over in Hamlin, so either drive out there or put a loan you know, put a hold on it put a hold on it yeah exactly. pick it up at Pittsburgh okay but anyway yeah <laughs> moving on we have a great guest today everyone's favorite purveyor of popcorn Scott Pukas the director of communications at the beloved Little Theater in Rochester New York Hello, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're so excited. I wish I was an expert on that movie you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I You'd have to check it out. Wait a second, you, ha- you haven't seen Pit Pony? <laughs> yeah. I have not yet. The yeah. cinematic classic Oh Pit yeah, Pony. it's, uh, you know, it's definitely made for TV. Yeah. Stars I, a young uh, Elliot Page. I don't know if I mentioned that. Oh, no, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I wish does. I could reveal that like, I had a Pit Pony tattoo. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm actually a diehard fan. You're like, no. I wrote my thesis on that movie. Oh, I forgot. It's serious. I forgot. I did print up the oh, cover wow. art here. That. Here you go. We'll sign this for you after the uh, episode. See there. <laughs> Fortunately, we'll share that online, maybe. You know. Yeah, put that in uh, on Facebook, Jim. Y- yeah, we'll do. Yeah. All the likes will come rolling in. Oh, yeah. So anyway, it's Oscar season, right? Where are we at here? When you want to start with Best Picture, what's, what's everyone's favorite? Where do we, we begin favorites? with yeah. the Oscars? So my goal every year is to watch every movie that's nominated for an Oscar. I have not gotten there yet. I'm like halfway there. So far, I've seen a bunch of the Best Picture nominations. What about you, Jim? Yeah, I'm, I'm up to six out of ten. The most recent one, I've you know kind of binged them in the past few days. Yeah. I watched Belfast, West Side Story, and King Richard, all of which I loved. Belfast, maybe my favorite out of the bunch so far, though. What's your experience at the Little with this sort of nomination process? Have you seen a bunch of the nominated movies yet? So I normally watch a lot of them. This yeah. year, I'm a little behind. But the best picture is always so strange because there's 10, 10, yeah. 10 yeah. nominations this year. There was They usually haven't been filling up the 10 spots. Right. Yeah. So it's a little different. It's been pretty rare that my personal favorite movie of the year is the best picture winner, except for when Parasite won. Yeah. That was uh, my okay. favorite movie that year. This year is very hard to predict. And I don't know if I have a favorite of my own. I, like, I, I'm still catching up. So sure. I I yeah. Can't say, but. Well, that's what's, that's the fun of the season, though, is catching up. Like, a, yeah. It never pains me to watch movies, but I've forced myself to watch them. And I'm always right. so happy after I watch them. Like, this right. is awesome. I love this. Like, the movies that I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't normally watch exactly. that. Belfast, I got to be honest, not a movie that I would normally pick to watch myself. And I'm the same way. A lot of the time, my favorite movie doesn't win Best Picture. My favorite one a few years ago was um, If Beale Street Could Talk. I felt like I got a lot of the same vibe from Belfast as if Beale Street could talk. I always out of the all the categories, I usually find my favorite movie is the in the screenplay category. Yeah. Like usually those are for the more creative, inventive ones. And I think one of my favorite movies this year that did not get a Best Picture nomination that did get original screenplay, which is the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
which I loved. We just closed it last night at the Little, so whenever someone's listening to this, it'll be a couple of weeks out, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> you missed it, sorry. <laughs> what was that one about? I'm not... Yeah, I haven't really heard anything about that one. So, basically, it follows this, like, four years of this woman's life living in Oslo, and it's just her relationships. Mm-hmm. So, it goes through a couple of men that she's dating, and it just tells her story. But it's such a realistic take on relationships, and it's sad, and it's funny. It's very silly in parts, and yeah. then it's devastating and others. I just thought the script was so good. Like, it's so hard to balance humor and sadness and, you know, showing the true sides of relationships, the fights, the breakups, yeah. the happy times. That was one I really thought should have gotten a Best Picture nomination. Mm, that sounds like a good one. Yeah, and with the 10, you would think that, you know, that sounds like something that would be in there. Yeah, I liked it better than some of the ones that did get nominations, but... Yeah. With that 10, it's strange, like some of the ones they just kind of put in there. Well, I mean, like you said... They I share the like, love across like, the genres. Yeah, and I feel like there are always movies that, like, are nominated because they're made to be nominated. Right. Right? You get those movies that feel very like artistic and they're supposed to be like high art there's nothing wrong with that but it does sort of you're talking um, about the power of the dog you're calling it out i didn't want to say it but yes (laughs) it feels like it does take space from the movies that are actually wonderful and are actually like just fantastic movies and that's probably the favorite to win is it i don't know i don't know i thought it was when they first the nominations came out i've been hearing don't look up Oh no way! Really? really? Which is really? surprising. Which I didn't. I didn't hate. Don't look. No, okay. I didn't either. But I did not. I did not think it was the best picture no. either. West Side Story is getting a lot of hype now since it's on HBO Max yeah. and people are yeah. catching up and, and Disney Plus too. Yeah, people are like, oh yeah, Spielberg. Right. Yeah. He's very good. We forgot this for some reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe I would say the Power of the Dog, but it's hard to tell. But the reason I'm excited, Power of the Dog, is on there. So we're throwing an Oscar party at the Little. Oh, very cool. So, yeah, thelittle.org. If any, it's like a low key. It's more like bar trivia. Sure. And we're food themed after the different movies. Oh, nice. so, so I got to come up with puns, which I like to do. <laughs> the power of... I don't know if you guys are ready for this. The power of the hot dog. Oh, <laughs> my God. I almost, I fell over my chair. I don't know if yeah, you guys no, I told our staff that. They groaned. They did not like it. I did win that conversation eventually. So. Um, I thought you might have said corn dog there, but hot dog. Ooh, hot dog works. That would be a little corny, though. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, I did say drive my carb, too. <laughs> Just a bread car. <laughs> what else was on um, the menu? Don't want to spoil all of them. Yes, well, sure. The menu is not actually finalized. Okay. These are just ideas I floated to our <laughs> cafe people. And oh, they're like, sex. these are horrible ideas. <laughs> I feel I'm like not if doing you, any of these. Every person who reads that all night is going to be like, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, ha yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. But, but that's why you're into the power of the dog. Yeah, just, <laughs> just for the pun. <laughs> know what I like about that movie? It has not one, but two national treasures in it, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. And they happen to be married, right? Or they're together? They're What's together. T- they're together. together. They don't yeah. have a child together, do they? They do. They do? I think they have multiple children. Wow. Because two national treasures, I think, adds up to global savior. So, oh, so, wow. so yeah. I love them. That's Aren't they great? addition. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch in the movie, though. Yeah. I thought that Kirsten Dunst did a fantastic job. She was fantastic. Same with Cody Smith McPhee in The Power of the Dog. You know, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I have problems. I have problems. I feel I like he's know. just Benedict Cumberbatch. He in the movie. is. He yeah, is. He's doing his thing, and yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I share a birthday with Benedict Cumberbatch. We're oh, oh. So, July nineteenth. You could wish both of us happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, all right, I will, I will remember that now. Oh, it's uh, Benedict and uh, Scott's birthday today. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Be on vacation. Cheers, yeah. Yeah, we usually hang out together. <laughs> I am a twin, but not with Benedict. <laughs> so he let you wear the Doctor Strange cape? That'd be cool. Not yet. So, all right, we'll, not we'll yet. All right, that's cool. Not that close friends yet. Yeah. <laughs> One day, though. Yeah. On the note of, you know, I thought Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of just himself in that movie. Mm. Someone who is not who I'm used 
used to being himself in a movie, Will Smith. Ooh, yeah. He's incredible, I think, in King Richard. It makes you forget sometimes, like, oh, yeah, Will Smith is actually an awesome actor. And I know. But he's not, I mean, not, no offense to Independence Day, Men in Black. I will say, I love Men in yeah. Black. I forgot that he was in, like, The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. And Seven Pounds. Yeah. And, like, these fantastic movies that he just hasn't done a serious movie in a while. You know, I love tennis, so I grew up watching the, the Williams sisters, and I always remember Richard in the stands, and mm-hmm. he's just kind of this enigmatic, eccentric figure, and just to see this story played out like that, it was I really enjoyed this one. And it's just a straightforward, really, it sports is. movie. It is. But I think it's a sports movie, but I also think that it's, like, a family movie. Absolutely. Like, it's in a lot of the same way that Belfast is a family right. movie. It's just a, a beautiful, like, focus on these characters and what they bring to each other and what their relationships mean to each other. Mm-hmm. Particularly between Richard and Venus throughout yeah. most of the movie. That one is up there with Belfast for me. Just to circle back to Men in Black, I'm surprised you've seen that. I thought you only watch uh, movies with like Dame Judi Dench. In <laughs> no, I, I have a wide interest in all right. in all. Ways. I know you haven't seen Uncle Buck. That's a point of contention <laughs> for me. But moving on, sorry. One day, I feel there's a story there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have your list of the movies you haven't seen. Yes, right? I didn't watch a lot of movies when I was a kid, so I've gone back and like watched a lot of like classic 80s, 90s, and early aughts movies in the last few years. One of the ones that is a favorite for me is Men in Black, but not Uncle. Buck. Not yet. Well, you should come to the little Saturday Night Rewind series where we oh. show throwback genre films, which I don't know if I could say this yet. We are probably going to show Men in Black. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very cool. I'm going to have to come to that. Saturday Night Rewind. I moved to Rochester in 2015, the summer of it, something like that. And I remember seeing what you guys offered there and I was like, oh my God, this is a dream. And I've, you know, I got to Predator and I forget what else, Batman Returns or something like that. And it's just my favorite thing that you guys do. So, super yeah. cool. The people love the repertory screenings at the Back. We try to do more of it. One of my favorite things that I did, I read this book called Best Movie Year Ever, How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen. It's on our display right out there. I, oh, I really? walked by it. Yeah. It's it a- is such a good book and it talks about how 1999 is the best movie year ever, which I think I agree with. Being John Malkovich, The Matrix, Sixth Sense, Fight Club, Election. The list just goes out of the office, office space. space. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's so good. So we did a 1999 series mm-hmm. and we programmed most of these movies. Some of them we couldn't get the rights to the Sixth Sense, but most of them we did. So we did The Matrix. We did being John Malkovich. We had the little Malkovich cutout faces. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I took a picture of our audience. Boys Don't Cry. We did uh, Magnolia. Oh. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. So it's just fun to be able to do stuff like that. And the response to that was so good. We did it on Monday nights. So it wasn't like a typical yeah. m- movie yeah. night, what you consider. But I kind of like that using an off day of the week to bring people yeah, to the movies. Absolutely. Have fun and visit these classics. And a lot of them, either people hadn't seen on the big screen yeah. or some hadn't seen at all. Like even a classic like The Matrix, which is probably one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I saw it with a lot of people who just had never seen it. You know, there's a lot of classics that I'm missing too. So it was nice to be able to introduce these movies. Absolutely. It's fun. We had a Y2K 2000 series booked. We had all the movies. It was going to be great. And then you know what happened? (laughs) I wonder. Pandemic happened and we closed 13 months. So I think we're probably going to do it again at some point because 2002 has great movies too. Minority Report, my kind of semi-hot take is I think my favorite Spielberg movie might be Minority Report. Interesting. I love, I mean, obviously I love Jaws. I love Jurassic Park. I like so many good movies. Movies, yeah. But I just love Minority Report and I feel it's underrated. I have a hot take from that same era is that artificial intelligence AI is underrated. But that's maybe yeah, a conversation yeah, because for Because people day. didn't like that when yeah. it first came out, but it's it's good. It is good. 
And you talked about, you know, getting to see films in the theater with people who have never seen it and that shared experience. What's that been like for you at The Little? There's such a shift. Everything but... is on streaming platforms at yeah. this point. Yeah. So, how do you get people back? Yeah, it's a challenge. We have to offer an experience that they can't get anywhere. So, we call that The Little Experience, as you might think. And, and part of that is exactly what you said, the shared experience. Especially for something like a comedy or mm-hmm. something with a lot of stuff happening. One of my favorite movie experiences, again, was watching The Matrix in the 99 yeah. series. It ends with a Rage Against the Machine song. Yes. I just remember the energy <laughs> in that theater after it ended. Another example I like to use, we had a screening of Get Out, like probably a week before it actually opened. It was for uh, U of R students. It was one of their movie clubs. So we had 300 people in our largest theater, most of them students watching Get Out and the reactions. It was still one of my favorite screenings. And it's already an incredible movie. But then when you tie together that experience and and going through the emotions, especially at the end where you think, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you think one thing's going to happen. Everyone's like, oh, no. And then it turns out to be something else. Mm -hmm. So that shared experience, you can't get that out home you can't get that like opening up netflix and i recently watched the new scream movie i love the scream series and i was like oh this one was fine it was okay but i was like i think if i was watching it in a theater i would have had a different reaction so we try to offer that we also part of the little experience is offering not only that community experience but an elevated element so that usually it's a panel discussion so we have it's going to already happen by the time this airs but we're opening the batman we have a panel discussion on that we're showing Mad Max Fury Road. There's a new book on it by Kyle Buchanan. Book tie-in. Yeah, uh, so I, I believe it. I believe it's in the collection. I remember seeing it in the catalog. So yeah, Kyle Buchanan is the New York Times film writer. He wrote a book on the making of Mad Max. So we're showing that movie, and then he's going to do a Zoom discussion with us afterward. Oh, cool. So we try to offer discussions like that. Either it's a panel discussion or bringing in a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Because after you watch the movie, that is something that you want. You want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And that's why I have the little podcast movies and a microphone too, because people love talking about movies. So we try to offer that. We try to do some food pairings when we oh, can. That's fun. We could serve beer and wine in the oh. movies now. So we could do drink pairings. We did a uh, punch drunk love and we had drunk punch. <laughs> 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 Not the most creative and clever thing, but it, it was just kind of fun. We showed a movie called The Mermaid back a few years ago. And it was at the time China's biggest box office hit. It, it's a movie with kind of a few different identities. It has some real slapstick moments. It's commentary on, on the environment and you know how we're destroying it so it goes between slapstick and and very violent and serious but it's a very good movie it was hard to draw people with some of these international movies they don't have marketing like around here people in rochester aren't as familiar which is fine so we teamed up with Bubble Fusion, which was a sushi place down the road, and we did yeah. a sushi night. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and we ended up drawing like 200 people, which was more than all of our other screenings oh, wow. combined. Wow. People had fun putting popcorn on sushi. A surprisingly good combination, by the way. <laughs> it's like saltiness. A little, like, yeah. It smells like soy. So we just try to add different elements like that, just to make it fun, to make it memorable. I'll actually give you one more example. I have tons of examples. I don't <laughs> we, we just showed Candyman as part of Saturday yes. Night Rewind. We teamed with the Anomaly Film Festival, which is Rochester's genre film festival. Um, a couple of my coworkers, shout out to them, are, are the people who organize it and run it. Um, so we showed a double feature of Candyman. So it's the 1992 original and then the new one that just released yeah. in September um, 2021. And we changed the lobby and we had like a giant beehive. Ooh. We put Candyman wow. on the mirrors. So it was just like, it was a fun experience. It was something that you couldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. Even as someone who works there and knew that was happening, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. It makes me so happy that you guys yeah. do that kind of stuff because it is that shared experience. You know, how many movies have you seen in your life in the theaters? Hundreds, I don't know. Yeah. And, and you really remember them, even though it's 
well, you remember who you were with different yeah. experience it where really you is. saw it yeah exactly it's more immersive and it's not expensive no right you go to the not. movies it's a night at the movies you can do it any night and you get and, dinner in the form of popcorn yeah. yeah you get dinner in the form of popcorn yeah and you're not interrupted by the the stuff the devices right. yeah. and the dogs yeah, not barking at you in a yeah. way yeah i think that's my problem watching at home i just i get distracted my yes. cat is running around shout out to catsby she's the cutest catsby <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome the great catsby <laughs> yeah but i do i tend to look at my phone and i love yeah. movies but it's just it's like you do like, it oh the laundry's done i have to go switch yeah. Yeah. pause this whatever there's some glare coming in from yeah. the window or something yeah it's not the same no it's, it's not, not the same, same. It's not. So, yeah, it is a challenge for movie theaters drawing people because there is convenience and it's accessibility to, you know, people being able to sure. to access that at home. Right. And obviously with the pandemic, there's still lots of people yeah. who don't feel comfortable going out and that's absolutely fine. You know, it, there are a lot of challenges, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for us, but that's why we try to offer these cool experiences. And even if they don't draw a huge crowd, some of them do, some of them don't. Like, I still think it's worth it to offer that experience. It's really unforgettable for people. Yeah. You know, and we could speak to that from the library standpoint point certainly we offer events and uh, we yeah. get excited about certain ones and some draw and some don't i think people sometimes just like the idea that it's there and it exists like oh i could do that if i want right well and you offer every program maybe not for 50 people but for the five people who are interested exactly right? exactly and if they don't come to that one maybe they'll come to the next right all right. Well, I think we covered a lot of uh, ground here, right? There's, yeah, there's always absolutely. a lot to cover with the Oscars. We did our best and we somehow got through this without bringing up Encanto and singing the song. So that's a that's true. It's a win. But now it's, now it's stuck in my head, though. Yeah, so me that's too. that. It's okay. So as always, our inspiration is from the New York Times by the book column. Our very first question. This is always our very first question. What books are on your nightstand? So I have a couple library books, actually, that I, nice. I have going. Um, I usually don't. I'm not a person who reads multiple books at once, but mm-hmm. I've been in a bit of a book slump, unfortunately. So it it's happens. been taking me best, best. longer to get through books. So, But I, I'm like, I have to read the library books first because I have to return them. <laughs> yes, that's the pressure. <laughs> so I have Bullet Train, um, which is actually the tr- there, it's going to be a Brad Pitt movie. And oh, they, wow. just, they just released a trailer for that. I just renewed it yesterday. It's a Japanese book. So it's an English translation, obviously. And it's just a, about the bunch of assassins are together mm-hmm. on a train and I think really you could tell the Tarantino influences from cool. this writer and yeah. uh, the movie trailer looks good too in the case of if there's a book going into a movie I always like to read the book first yeah. because the book is usually better than the movie. Yes. Not always. I think Fight Club is, is one of the exceptions, and there's a couple others. And, uh, and then The Sentence is also on okay. my Oh, book really? Stand. The yes. Louise Erdrich? Yes. Yeah. I'm only about 50 pages in, so I don't know too much aside from one of the worst people or one of the, I guess, more annoying uh, patrons of this bookstore mm-hmm. dies and comes comes back and haunts the oh. bookstore. And I think there's elements of mystery. I, like, I'm only 50 pages in, yeah. so I'm not exactly sure. But That it one seems... has a very interesting premise. Yeah, you can't yeah. beat that premise. Yeah. I'm all about that. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. The premise, I saw it on a TikTok and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> book talk's huge. Yes. Do you have a favorite movie that's been adapted from a book? That's a good question. That is a good it's question. A hard one. Yeah. It, there's so many good ones. There's a lot of ones where you don't realize it's been a book. Like, it's true. You know, so many movies are like, wait, that was a book? Dude? Right. I can't believe that. Fight Club is probably one that, that stands out. I don't know if that's the best, but that stands out. I've always really liked Chuck Palahniuk. Um, I really haven't gotten into his newer stuff as much, but some of his um, early work really inspired me to write. Like I like cool. to write creatively as myself fiction. Oh, nice. He's just so inventive and 
even his his writing style is so unique which it's not really a writing style that I think other writers should try to mimic, which sometimes you see, but I think it really shows how you can form your own identity and your own mm-hmm. style sure. and really make a narrative your own. I and mean, some of his early work, Survivor, Invisible Survivor, Monsters. Yeah. Survivor was so crazy. Good. Yeah, that was the first book I read of his, and I'm like, wow, this is so like different from it anything was, else yeah. I've read. And Choke, was that another one? Yeah, Choke was good. I, I think in his later career, he seemed to tend to lean more towards shock yeah, and, and uh, just trying to be gross or, or something like that. There was those elements in some of his earlier work. It had a purpose, you know, it wasn't sure. just in there for yes, no reason. That's a great way to put it. I, I read a lot of his work too, that early stuff that you mentioned until I think Damned was the one that was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Hey, it happens bad, though. Yeah. Everybody has an off book, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know what? I, we don't ask this question very much, but I'm very interested in this. What's the last book you read that made you laugh? Like big, like laugh out loud laugh. Well, I was hoping you would ask that one. Okay, <laughs> so, first of all, my, I like books that are funny. I think more books yes. should be funny. And like I said, I write a little. And I think that's always my goal. Like when you see someone, say, on the subway or something, and you see them reading and laughing, it's like, I think that's such a cool thing to be able to do. Is Absolutely. It's a lot harder to make people laugh when they're Absolutely, reading yeah. than when they're like watching something. So the last one that I really made me laugh is... It, again, there's the movie tie-in. It's a book from Lindsay West. Um, she's the author, author of Shrill. Oh, I don't know if I could yeah. say the title. It's, uh, we, we're a huge go fan of this book, so go for it. Oh, actually? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Can I say <laughs> on here? Well, so you could bleep me out if not. Yeah. I don't know. My first bleep. This is That was my goal here. Oh, to, so exciting. Had to get bleeped out. <laughs> the library podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it's, if, it's her. She's writing movie... I guess reviews but they're mm-hmm. really they're like recaps of yeah. the movie so if you haven't seen some of the movies she does go through a lot of the plot so there's the fugitive the first chapter she's like it's the best movie ever she really tears apart love actually yes uh, but she, she just is so funny and her writing is just fantastic and i just laughed all the way throughout like there wasn't a bad review every review was great there was a lot some movies i hold dear to my heart like i think the rock was in yes there. yes it is uh, which <laughs> we are showing some nicholas cage movies he has a movie coming out in the end of april oh really um, james a big nick yeah i had my own film festival Festival in my house. Yeah. So. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, his new movie is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, yes, yeah. where it's just kind of, he's playing himself and it looks goofy. So, like, we gotta show Nick Cage movies. <laughs> Some of them are hard to get the rights of, but we are gonna show Face Off. Oh, yes. man. My marketing idea, I wanted to take people's faces off, and no one no one went for it. I don't know why. <laughs> yes, uh, that's so a hard, hard seller. I, yeah. I do think we're going to have a little cardboard cutouts of, of nice. his face and do something. We haven't decided the other movie, but we're going to have another Nicolas Cage movie. So you can give me recommendations. I, yeah, I'd I'll uh, let you thoughts, borrow so. my uh, life-size cardboard cutout if I get free tickets <laughs> to face off. I mean, deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got time for one more question. So what book might people be surprised to find on your shelves? So... This, I have a good answer for this, I think. So, obviously, I love reading, but I also really love comics and graphic novels, and I love Brian K. Vaughn's writing. He was a writer on Lost. I think he wrote for season three, a very underrated season. A lot it of was, cool it, ideas. yeah. The bounce back from two. Yeah, yeah. I have most of his series on there. Saga is, of course, probably his most popular one, mm-hmm. which he just recently finally dropped new episodes. They've been on hiatus for like two or three years. His writing is so, again, I like that creativity, yeah. that cleverness. He always teams with amazing artists. Uh, The first work I read was Why the Last Man, which they adapted into a TV show, but I don't think it got 
picked up for another season. Yeah. So I have most of Brian K. Vaughn's books on my shelf, and I think that's kind of a surprise. I think more today people are into comics and graphic Definitely. novels, yeah, and they yeah. love that. But I think comic books should be elevated to the same level as novels and nonfiction, because Absolutely. his work is just so stunning and so mm-hmm. great, and it's up there. And there's so many other good artists and comic book writers, too, that are their work is equally as great. Yeah, I think you'd be happy to know a lot of libraries are kind of elevating that and giving them their own sections instead yeah. of buried away and in, in, you know, the nonfiction stacks where they're kind of hiding. So, yeah, coming soon. We'll see graphic novels out on display and, you know. And I have to say, the libraries in this county are amazing. They're so, like, you guys rock. I love Aww. you. Libraries. Aww. It's my happy place. Every single library in the community is so great. It offers something different. Really a strong social media presence. Doing stuff like this podcast. Yeah. Like, it's really so cool. And I'm happy. Well, thank you. Reading rocks, and I'm glad that that you guys are doing some good work. We're lucky to be part of a really strong county system, which really helps in a lot of ways. And it's just a a big county, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of different people from, from side to side, up and down. So it's... It's a great place and it's a great place to work. So thanks for uh, the compliment. Yeah. We love what you do too. Yes. So. <laughs> we could just compliment. Yes. Yes. Whole time. I just would say enjoy ditto, that. Ditto, 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 yeah. ditto. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah. We'd love to have you back sometime. That was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. This was really fun. Yeah. We love talking about movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll have to have all you guys on my podcast and then we'll, we'll come full circle. <laughs> oh, we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That was so much fun. Wasn't that so much fun? It was. Oscar season. Oh, I love the Oscars. Come on. Do you have a prediction? Right now. This is it. Okay. I will tell you my prediction and my personal choice. <laughs> my prediction is I think Power of the Dog is going to win. Okay. My personal choice, Belfast. Okay. I like it. Yeah. All right. We will see what happens this Sunday, the 27th, right? All right. Mm-hmm. We still have a little bit left here, right? We have a recommendation from our newest staffer. Yes. Our new children's librarian, Sarah. She's going to come on and give us an awesome recommendation. Yeah. And then uh, after you listen to that, come see her sometime. She's awesome. Hi, my name is Sarah Ngo. I am the new children's librarian here at Pittsburgh. I just started in the beginning of March 2022. Today, I am discussing a brand new story by Nyla Magruder titled, What Are You? What Are You? is a small creature with big ears and a fluffy tail. She lives in a shallow hole in the earth. She is the only one of her kind and does not know where she came from. Every creature she meets asks, what are you? And she doesn't know how to answer back. So she takes on that name. What are you? goes on a journey to find out where she came from. And along the way, she hears origin tales from rabbits, wolves, and many more. Will she discover who she is? Read this book and find out. That does it for another episode of Your Friendly Neighborhood Librarians. Oh, this was such a good one. It was. The hits keep coming, though. Next time, it's going to be National Libraries Week. And, <gasps> and who else to invite but... Patty Utaro. And she is the director of the MCLS and the Central Library, the Rochester That's Public right. Library. That's about as big as we can get in Rochester Library Land. Yeah, pretty much. We got the biggest celebrity yes. in the MCLS. Yes. Rochester celebrity Patty Utaro next time on your friendly neighborhood librarians. Yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. So until then, see you later, Robin. And see you later, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> later. Bye. <laughs> Thank you to Meldez, producer, librarian, and magician. Joy Brown, our IT director. Laura, April, and Hillary for our fantastic theme music. The Town of Pittsburgh and the Friends and Foundation for support of the library and giving us the ability to do such awesome projects. And to the New York Times for the use of the By the Book column. Find the library on Facebook and Instagram at Pittsburgh Community Library and keep up to date on everything happening at PCL by subscribing to our newsletter. Subscribe to hear new episodes every month on your favorite podcast app.